Welcome, folks. It is Saturday, March 11th, 2006, Episode 3. We're going to be talking about haunted houses. You're listening to The Investor's Infested Sound. We made it to episode 3. It took some work. The episode 3 that was up online for a while was... A disaster. A disaster. It was a piece of crap. We had some audio problems. Now, we would never not put a show on because it's a piece of crap. But the audio problems is the real reason that we didn't put the show on. There was an echo after everything we said. It was just... You couldn't listen. Terrible. And our MO is to put out shows which are pieces of crap, but this one exceeded the crap level that we were willing to accept. Yeah, it did. It was bad. But we're back with the real episode, episode three. I know you guys have seen a few of the updates out there. I hope you visited the website. I hope you've sent us an email. Remember our email address, theinfestedsound at gmail.com. We actually received an email this week, Bill. We did. A freaking email this week. And we're going to read it right now. We're going to read it this week. I wish I had the cool narrator voice, but you're going to have to deal with mine. Our first ever email on the infested sound. The title of the email will tell you quite a bit. The title of the email. What's the title, Phil? Uh, it's You Guys Suck. <laughs> you Guys Suck. That was in the subject line when I saw this email. And we knew it was going to be great after reading that. We knew it had to be good. This is from a guy named Easy E. At AOL.com. Right. The email reads, I recently made the mistake of listening to your show, and it was the worst piece of garbage I have ever heard in my life. If I ever want to listen to a couple of drunken losers who know nothing about horror movies, then I will just go ahead and hang myself. I shut this garbage off after five minutes. I feel sorry for anyone who made the mistake of subscribing to it. Can I read the P.S.? Phil, read the P.S. P.S. You suck. <laughs> P.S. You suck. What the hell? Who I was wondering if he thought email? we sucked or not. If the main content of the email wasn't bad enough, they didn't trash us enough, he had to add the end. P.S. You suck. So, thank you to James McChild Molester in Kansas City, Missouri for our first ever on-air email. For some reason, there's someone in our hometown whose name is James McChild Molester. Apparently, that must have been a rough childhood and adulthood. Scary. But this person obviously likes us, so we're going to send them so We'll send them a Christmas card this year, an Infested Sound Christmas card. That's right. With, uh, I don't know, what, what could we send in the Christmas card for? Uh, I was thinking maybe we could send him one of our uh, car decals, a sticker, so he can put it on his car. Definitely. I mean, he'll probably burn it or put it on his tip of his penis and take a picture of it and send it to us. Who knows? But anybody who's got the name James Child McChild Molester, we probably don't want them advertising our website or our show. So thank you, James. Thank you, James. Once again, remember, P.S. We suck. Now, I want to go back to a part of his email where he talked about us being 
quote, drunken losers? Well, not this week, my friend. Now, the original time that we made episode three, we were extremely drunk. Oh, yeah. Uh, we drank an entire liter of Trader Vic's. One liter, and this was in a very minimal amount of time. 75 minutes by my recollection, which isn't very good, so that could be wrong. But it was it was Trader Vic's Authentic Spiced Rum, West Indies Rum. That was the original sponsor of this episode, but since a lot of that sponsor resides in the bottom of my toilet right now, uh, we're going to go ahead and avoid that sponsor for this show. We're going to do this show completely sober, so it's probably going to be a good show. But we will tell you, it is it is very good shit. I mean, I, I had a good time. You? It was a good time. Uh, it wasn't some... for that goddamn echo. The echo. We'd be doing episode four right now. We swear to you, it wasn't the drunkenness. The drunkenness wasn't the reason we cut the episode. That was, was the only good part of the episode. It was. It was actually a very funny episode. There were shots spilled on me. On by Phil, Jeff. By me. But the episode had very bad echoing, and it was really hard to listen to. It wasn't worth it. We're going to lock it in the vault for the time being. It's locked. When we blow up, when we get on XM Satellite Radio, XM. we're going to air the episode in its entirety, the original episode number three of The Infested Sound, with the echo, just to let with our fans know how talented we really are. And more than likely, we'll probably go to prison because of that. Because... I don't always remember what happened that episode. I can't. <laughs> the last uh, 20 minutes I still haven't listened to. I have no idea what went on. I think the last 20 minutes ended in a discussion about just Indian burial grounds. <laughs> I do remember a long States. discussion about that. But, and uh, maybe we're gonna, we'll continue that discussion today. We'll see. Maybe so. We'll get into it a little bit. Maybe not as in-depth as Trader Vic has getting into it. But, uh, so, yeah, like I said, we're going to do the episode sober this time. We promise it won't happen again, but we're still hungover from Thursday. Correct. But today's episode, we're going to try and make a good episode. We're going to do it sober. We're going to still have fun with it. We're going to try and entertain you guys out there. But our episode today is going to center around haunted houses. So, coming up in the episode, haunted houses in America and haunted house movies. Red Rum! Red Rum! Red Rum! Here's Johnny! Wanna get hurt on the show? Oh god, yeah! Cut us an email. Theinfestedsound at gmail.com Now for the best part of the show, we're going to kick this off. We're going to start talking about a few very, very haunted places in America, a place you guys should get out and check out, and we're going to kick it over to Phil here. He's going to give us a little background on probably one of the most haunted places in America. One of the most popular as well. Uh, We're going to start things off with an actual haunted place that a movie was made from. Correct. Uh, the St. Francisville Experiment was Great movie. was loosely based on the Myrtles Plantation located in St. Francisville, Louisiana. Very haunted state, Louisiana. Very. And after this hurricane that just swept through, who knows what's going to happen to a ghost in this city. There were thousands of people killed by Hurricane Katrina. Thousands and thousands of more ghosts now. There was. This was already a hotbed for paranormal activity. It's only going to get worse. So, 
this is going to be a good place for uh, our ghost hunters to do a lot of research and hopefully one day get some proof and find some information that leads to the existence of paranormal activity. We'll let you know how that goes. Definitely. Okay, uh, so let's let's go into a little bit about the Myrtles Plantation. Okay, um, built on Indian burial grounds. Indian Jeff, burial. How do you feel about Indian burial grounds? Uh, according to the Hollywood movies, apparently ninety-five to ninety-nine point nine percent of America is covered with Indian burial grounds. Most all haunted house movies begin with a story where the house is built on an Indian burial ground, where they eventually find out the house is built on an Indian burial ground. It's a very played out scenario. And as all Indian burial grounds do, they create an evil paranormal poltergeist or just paranormal activity, which leads to people dying and just overall evil in the house. The Myrtle's Plantation, no exception to the rule. No exception. Indian burial ground. All right, Myrtle's Plantation, built 1794. The first owner was General David Bradford of the United States Army. Mr. Bradford was a slave owner. He owned slaves, Jeff. Yep, much like... African-American slaves. No comment. Okay. So, <laughs> all right. Um, now, the most famous legend about the house goes back to one of the general's slaves named Chloe. Chloe. Now... He was her slave slash ho mistress. Oh, and uh, did I catch a hoe in there? No, I said mistress. Oh, okay. Uh, so he, Chloe was the general's mistress for quite a while. She started to think he started to not give it to her as much as he had been. So she was he had to, been riding her like a dime store pony, as I like to say, for quite a while. Two or three times a day, <laughs> easy. So it got bad. It, it got down to you know she was only getting a visit once a week. She started to think maybe she was going to get off, whacked. He got sick of her, smoked. slapped her, said, get out of my bed, bitch. <laughs> so so uh, she was really worried about this now. She was sure she was about to get it. So she started listening at the keyhole to him and his wife at night. But what she heard was nothing about herself. Right, Jeff? Nothing. God knows what she heard. I'm assuming it, there were animal sounds, horses, pigs. So we were wondering what it would slapping. be like. To listen to the keyhole while a man and his wife are inside. Which is exactly what Phil and I did the other day when our mom left the uh, basement door unlocked. We snuck upstairs. Creep, 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 creep. We heard some crazy noises. We put our ears up to our parents' bedroom's keyhole. What did we hear, Phil? I think they were wrestling. They or were wrestling. Fighting over the remote. It sounded like a WWF event. There was skin slapping once again. There was screaming, moaning, arms. I heard pile driver every once in a while. Our dad kept saying, take that, you like that? Take that. Apparently he must have had her pinned at that time. I I don't know how they decide who wins, but I did hear my mom scream a few times and my dad just go, oh! It was a very horrifying experience, but things didn't work out for Miss Chloe much better either. Not at all. The general caught her eavesdropping through their keyhole one night, so he got out the meat cleaver, hacked off the ear she was listening with. Which is, of course, a justifiable punishment. You listen to somebody talking, schmack, your ear gets cut off. Reservoir dog style. Reservoir dog style. Now, so she's missing an ear. She decides she's going to go Muslim, she's going to get a turban, she's going to start wearing it every. 
So Chloe knows she's on thin ice with the general now, so she wants to do something heroic. She wants to save the day. She wants to be Yay. the savior of the family. So she comes up with the ingenious idea Great of idea. making family members sick so that she can save them. So what she does is one of the kids' birthdays, she decides she's going to put these oleander leaves into the cake. Much the cake like that mix. time that I made Phil's birthday cake and I put some leaves in it and all the kids at the birthday party were... Let's just say, uh, really <laughs> tired and hungry. I, I don't think those were oleander leaves. <laughs> those, may, I, that's what the guy told me they were. <laughs> yeah, who'd have thought a guy just standing on a street corner downtown Kansas City would lie to you? Yes. How can you not trust a Jamaican Rastafarian man standing by the fountains in downtown Kansas City? Selling you bags out of these little plastic Ziploc bags. Yeah, offering me some oleander leaves. So anyway, she puts it into the cake. Instead of getting sick, they die. The general's wife and all of his kids die. So the general lives, though. Not much of a party or the general. He didn't have any cake that day. Let's just say he was out probably banging another one of his slave girls. So Chloe realizes that this is going to come back on her. She's screwed. So she runs back. She runs back to hide with the other slaves. She figures, you know, these are my boys. They're going to watch out for me. My buddies, slap on the ass. You're my best buddy. Good game. So her best buds proceed to drag her out of hiding. Total narcs. Put the old noose around her neck, hang her from a local tree. But they're not done there. They hang her from the tree. They say, hey, hanging her from a tree is not enough. She's dead. We need to make her disappear. So they stuff a whole bunch of weights down her throat. They throw her into the fucking Mississippi River. The Mississippi River. To this day, people say they see a turbaned woman roaming the grounds at the Myrtle's Plantation. And nobody likes turbaned women roaming around in your property. The other day, I look out the back window, there's three, four, five turbaned women running around in my backyard eating my grass and pulling out carrots and shit. And I said, damn it, Phil, I thought we sprayed for that. Apparently not. Apparently not. We better get some stronger stuff next time. That's right. We will. We promise we will. We better. So, uh, next thing, that was that was one of our more favorite things that we could find on the internet or anywhere. That was one of the better stories, I thought. Plus, it's based on a movie, St. Francis Experiment, that Saint we both Francis liked quite a bit. Let's go a little bit into the movie, Phil. The movie Let's... is based on Myrtle Plantation. Loosely. Loosely based, which we just discussed. And the movie is very similar to The Blair Witch. That's right. Everyone out there knows that Phil and I like The Blair Witch. Yeah, if you haven't heard, I like The Blair Witch Project. Episode 1 and 2, we'll talk about The Blair Witch Project. We wanted to make sure we mentioned it in this episode. We'll probably mention it in every episode in the future. (laughs) So we get one of the three to be on the show when they get time out from their Steak and Shake ads, that is. Only one is in the Steak and Shake commercials, Phil. I'm sure the others are very busy also. Very close. Pretty soon you'll see them in 7-Eleven commercials. Well, they're not that big time. Just Not yet. But the St. Francisville experiment is very Blair Witch-esque. It even has the Blair Witch mentioned on the DVD. And it shows a group of filmmakers, documentary filmmakers, I believe, that are going to stay the night in this Myrtle Plantation house, loosely based on the Myrtle Plantation house. They know it's supposedly haunted. They want to bring in their cameras. They want to document any possible haunts or... And guess what? Crazy shit ensues. That's right. I thought one of the more creepier scenes is when the chair just flies across the attic. Great scene. And the end of the movie, great ending. You'll have no clue that this ending was coming. It'll throw you for a loop. 
Very similar to the Blair Witch ending, I'd say, Phil. That's right. So if you if you like the story we told you, if you like the movie, you can head down to St. Francisville. It's 30 miles north of Baton Rouge. They've actually turned the plantation itself into a bed and breakfast. You know, ghost hunters everywhere. They go. So to if it's place, open right now, it. I, hopefully it's still standing. I haven't heard after the hurricane. So if you've got the onions, <laughs> the onions. If you've got the onions, go check it out. Check Me it and out. Jeff went there. Or if you're pussies like us, well, no, we really didn't go there. But if you're pussies like us, you can get the St. Francisville Experiment on DVD at your local video store. Phil, what video store should they go to? Uh, I would go to Hollywood. Hollywood. What about Blockbuster? How about we go to no, Blockbuster? No, they don't have it there. <laughs> they don't have it there. Fuck Blockbuster. That's right. Fuck them. But the St. Francisville Experiment, a great movie. Go check it out, guys. And Myrtle Plantation, we just discussed it. It's a great haunted place in America. But we'd like to take a second to talk about a few haunted places here in Kansas City. That For you any might of our local about. listeners, there are some very terrifying places in Kansas City terrifying. as well. Just, I mean, just absolutely terrifying one in particular, we're going to go over a couple of them, but one in particular, just we read the description, it just it stood out. It's, it's, it's horrifying. Horrifying. We got these uh, user submissions off the Shadowlands.net. They have a Haunted Places Index with all the states. People submit places they believe are haunted, rumors that they're haunted, they've seen hauntings there themselves. Just click on your state, it'll have a list of cities in alphabetical order pop up. There's just hundreds and hundreds. Hundreds and state. hundreds. And we looked at Kansas City here. And we're going to read you a few user-submitted haunted places that we thought were real good. This was our favorite. This is our favorite. This one's in Kansas City, and the place is The Boat. The Boat. The Boat. And this is the description. Get under the blankets, folks. Get ready. On a back road in Kansas City, there's a huge boat. And it's, like, hidden in the woods. You can hear people crying. At nighttime. Terrifying. Terrifying. Whoever submitted this is a freaking idiot. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you were the moron that submitted this, email us. We'd like to bring you onto the show. We have some great things we'd like to say to you. People like you give people like us a bad name, and we believe me, we do a good job doing that ourselves. <laughs> we already have a horrible name, and so we, we made it worse. So we don't you doing this. Let's be serious. You um, just ruined our show. The boat in the woods. All right, we live in Kansas City. There's not a lot of places to physically take a boat in the first place. So it is kind of odd that a boat exists in Kansas City on its own. But the chances that this is a haunted boat in a haunted woods where people are crying and it's strictly at nighttime. We're going to go there. <laughs> We're going to go there. We'll let you know if we actually hear any of these horrifying things that supposedly yes. go on at the boat. the boat. And we may actually have a live show from The Boat one day, so make sure you tune in for that. I'm sure we'll be mutilated beyond recognition. Definitely. And what's another haunted place here in Kansas City, Phil, that well, we Well, we got, we got something for you sports fans out there next. Uh, the George Brett Bridge in Kansas City. Uh, on, the, on the night the Royals won the World Series in... Yeah, 1985. 1985. A drunk driver ran over a man who was standing on the George Brett Bridge, not called the George, George Brett Bridge at the time, I'm sure. Nope. But anyway, people say, well, the person that submitted this says anyway, that after Royals games at night, you can see this guy, the ghost of this guy, standing on the bridge, wearing his Casey Royals hat. It sucks to be a Royals fan. It, sucks. it still sucks to be a Royals fan. I mean, Royals he's dead, fan. and he's still got to stand on the bridge and watch the fucking Royals. I feel bad for this guy. Okay, the other one I wanted to mention, 
for for you uh, fake sports fans, would be out at Kemper Arena in Kansas City. A couple years back, a wrestler named Owen Hart, brother of Bret Hart, he was called the Blue Blazer. He was doing his little Blue Blazer thing up in the rafters. They were hooking the rope to him. He was going to suspend down into the ring. And he decides to jump. Well, I don't think he decided to jump. (laughs) I doubt it was his decision. But something went wrong. The rope wasn't hooked up right. He fell to his death. I have friends that were actually at this. He fell, hit the center of the ring, died on impact. So, naturally, and, and Kemper Arena, to my recognition, is not built on an Indian burial ground. But, anyway. Actually, I believe it is, Phil. Oh, it is? <laughs> I, who knows? Okay. So, anyway, now they say any time they have any games or wrestling events or whatever, if you look up in the rafters, you can see Owen Hart wearing his blue blazer uniform. Just hanging out, watching the activities. Chilling. Scary. Those are a few places here in Kansas City that probably aren't really haunted, but we thought it was funny that people thought they were haunted. But we're going to go to these places eventually and check them out and try to verify whether or not they're actually We'll probably haunted. get arrested for trespassing or who knows what will happen. Could be, but we're dedicated. We are wanted. In several states. (laughs) But we're dedicated to the show. We're going to risk it. We're going to risk our own asses for you people. That's right. We are dedicated to the show. We're here for the people. Unlike George Bush, we're here for the people. (laughs) (laughs) So That's another topic. Yeah, that that goes back again to our our show on politics that we'll never be doing. Uh, (laughs) Okay, now the next thing that I want to go to... I'm going to have to burst some people's bubble on this one, including myself. When I read this, I was very upset. The legend of the Amityville Horror House. The Amityville Horror. True story, supposedly. Maybe not. Maybe not. They've actually written a book. Two movies, original and a remake, have come out about the Amityville House. Now, regardless of whether or not it's true, the book was still a good read. Oh, I said Jay Adams. It's actually Jay Anson that wrote it. Uh... It's a good book. It's a good remake. The original sucks dick. Uh, So, now what I want to do is I want to kind of, for those of you that are connoisseurs of the Amityville Horror, you may remember that a pretty significant part of the movie was when they asked the priest to come and bless their house. You hear, he's in there, he's trying to bless the house. You hear the house scream, get out! My mom uh, had some guy over the, our mom had some guy over the other day. That he was blessing the house, but all he was doing was walk around flinging his schlong on everything, <laughs> smacking the refrigerator with it, pulling open drawers, looking, I don't know. Our mom also screamed, get out! <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure if he was a priest, let's be serious. <laughs> he may not have been a man of God, but he was a man of I don't of know, something. those men of God, they do some uh, pretty unbelievable things. Once again, Phil, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so anyway, that's a pretty big part. I mean, that's that's pretty unrealistic, unless you believed... You know, George Lutz and his wife, Kathy, their account of actually what happened. But, according to Ronald DeFeo, the young man who killed his family there, that the family actually supposedly haunted the house, his lawyer claims that the father never actually even visited the house, and that has been substantiated. The only time he made any contact with George or Kathy was strictly over the phone. Uh, Another big part was doors and windows just flinging open, coming off the hinges. Well, upon inspection, the person who inspected the house said that they appeared to be the original locks and on the, all the windows and doors that were on the house when it was first built. So, you know, I mean, when I was reading that, Jeff, I was 
it was kind of upsetting because I always I always kind of held out that maybe that was one of the real haunted places. Yeah, I was wondering why I did catch you the other day crying in a corner by yourself, eating Cheetos and caramel popcorn. That's why. That is why. Yeah. Bill, caramel popcorn. I don't have much of a life. Caramel popcorn is not supposed to go in those places. (laughs) So, so now to this day, well, Kathy doesn't claim it to this day because she's dead, but George does claim it still. Kathy claimed it while she was alive, but she died in 2004. Now, George, to this day, George Lutz, claims that everything he said, everything that was printed in Jay Anson's book was true. But when I read this, you know, it kind of makes you want to call bullshit on old Georgie. It does, and I'm assuming these people made quite a bit of money off of the movies. and They made a shitload of money. A shitload. So they have every reason to make you believe the story's true, because it's only going to make them more money in the future through royalties from the movies and the book. Correct. That junk. So still, check out the book, watch the remake. I mean, your good viewing, just don't uh, take too much of it to heart. Take uh, it with a grain exactly. of salt. Exactly. Always, you always have to be skeptic when you're dealing with paranormal activities such as this. When you're dealing with claims of truth, movies that claim to be based on a true story. I mean, you always the, have to the, be the family that lives there now says that they've never had any strange occurrences at all. The neighbors from when they actually lived in the house back in the 70s claim that they never noticed anything strange going on at the house at the time. And usually you notice things like cabinets flinging open, little boys running around upstairs. And yeah. Another thing I want to mention is uh, supposedly they had police officers come to the house once, and according to public records, no police ever came to their house during the 28 days that they lived there. Just another fact that's been skewed by the Amityville horror bandwagon people. I mean, that definitely takes away from the legend a little, but... Like I said, the people that live there, they claim to this day, unless they're dead, that everything's true. Correct. You always have to be skeptical of life, especially when you're dealing with paranormal activities and based on true story movies. I expect all of you are skeptical out there of if Phil and I are heterosexual. I understand that's a legitimate concern, a legitimate skepticism. We are heterosexual, though. We are. I think. Well, I'm sure Jeff goes back and forth. Yep, but we're going to get back into the foundation of our show. We're going to talk about a few good haunted house movies. We're going to skip the top ten haunted places. I think we're done with that. We'll just go into the best haunted house movies we can think of. The best and the worst. The best. There's plenty of worst out there. We want to give you guys an idea of the best haunted house movies you can go out there and buy and check out. And as all of our shows do, we're going to put this into a good, bad, great, bad, one, two, three form of introduction of these movies. We're actually going to do a good, bad, and ugly segment. Yeah, it's going to be one of our new segments. We're going to try to do it each week based on what the topic of our show is on. We're going to call it the good, the bad, and the ugly. We're each going to give our good. We're each going to give our bad. We're each going to give our ugly. I can't wait for the ugly. It's going to be good. So, our new segment, we're going to start it off this episode. The good, the bad, the ugly of haunted house horror movies. The good. The bad. The The ugly. The infested sounds. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Alright, let's get this countdown started. We'll start it off with Phil. He's going to give his good, bad, and ugly haunted house horror movies. Jeff is also going to give his. Yes, I am. Okay. Uh, The Good. House on Haunted Hill, 1999, the remake. 
Good movie. It's a very good haunted house movie. Uh, Chris Kattan. Chris Kattan's funny in it. Uh, there's a lot of actors you've heard of. Jeffrey Rush is in it. A lot of hot Tay girls. Tay Diggs. Uh, the hot girls. We've got the hot girls, no doubt. Mrs. Vaughn from Billy Madison. Veronica Very Vaughn. Nice. Very nice. Veronica Vaughn. Okay, um, there's good gore in this movie. Uh, the ending is god-awful, but other than that, all the way up to the ending, really good horror movie, good gore, uh, really good acting, the ghosts look good. Creepy. It's an, all, it's an all-around creepy movie. Creepy flashbacks to... People being tortured. And, yeah, and, a nice and, a nice opening scene of an insane asylum going going crazy on all the doctors that are performing rituals on Always them. a cool thing to see crazy people take over. That's right. Something Phil and I are pushing for. <laughs> we are. So that's my good. We're going to go over to Jeff. He's going to give his good. My good. A movie probably a lot of you guys haven't heard of. Including me. Which are a lot of my movies. A movie called House by the Cemetery. Jeff's going to get the movie. I got the movie. Just needed a second here. House by the Cemetery. I'm going to read the description about this movie. The Boyle family moves temporarily into an old mansion near Boston so that the father can do some needed research. The new tenants, unbeknownst to them, have a terrible secret living in their basement. I'll end it there. Living in their basement is a creepy A guy, a zombie-looking guy, who... Is he actually living, or is he dead? Is you know, he occupying? That's a very philosophical question, Phil, because <laughs> we could say that about all zombies. Are zombies really living, or are they dead? Are they the living dead? So he's a zombie? He's a zombie. He's a mangled guy. He's gone through some shit in his life, and he's in the basement. The last 30 minutes of this movie is incredible. Some of the best gore scenes I've ever seen. We're talking maggots coming out of people. We're talking blood and gore and just overall scariness. And there's a little boy in here that's creepy. Is this handsome character here on the back? The guy that's living? The handsome guy on the back of the DVD, House by the Cemetery, is Dr. What is it again? Dr. Freudstein. Or Freudstein. Freud's Freudstein. <laughs> Whatever you want to say. I'm not German like Phil, so I'm not able to pronounce these names. <laughs> <laughs> But House by the Cemetery is my what pick year? for good movie. And what year was that movie made? 1981. You could pick it up on DVD by Diamond Entertainment. Directed by Lucio Fulci, who also made Zombie. Yeah, so you know this movie has a lot of potential for gore, which is always a plus. The mom in here is hot. Everyone likes a hot mom. Does she get naked? Uh, I don't remember. I don't believe so, Phil. Damn but it. the movie is rated R, so you know there's plenty of gore, plenty of shit to make you sick. So that's Jeff's movie, me. Jeff's a good pick, House by the Cemetery. Why don't you go ahead and uh, go first this time around with your bad, which I don't agree with. My bad pick, a movie called The Others. The Others, I picked it as my bad pick, not necessarily because it's a bad movie. It's just probably an average movie that didn't live up to its hype. Slow. Slow would be the only, Very slow the movie. only knock that I would have against it. I love it. the ending, and Great I love... Ending. How the story pulls together at the end, but overall, not a good movie. It's much enough. like The Sixth Sense, where the ending is great, but it really drags on leading up to the ending. Correct. I don't mind looking at Nicole Kidman for an hour, but Although she's not she going to get naked. kind of annoying. You know she's not going to get naked. Yeah, it's, it's no PG-13. good. PG-13. PG-13. Blah. Most PG-13 movies, as we've discussed in the past, 
are not good movies. They don't live up to their potential when it comes to gore. Now, in my opinion, this is one of the better PG-13 movies that are horror. Good ending. I mean, the ending alone is worth sitting through the movie for, I thought. Jeff? Yeah, but I don't... I'm not even sure how they can say this is a PG-13 movie. There's no gore, really, throughout this movie. You think it could have been PG? Scenes of horror. It could almost have been a PG movie. I'm pretty I sure the I think the scenes... language is what made it PG-13. Or maybe just the horrific... They call it horrific content, or horrific events. Yeah. Whatever that means. Yeah, that'll get you the PG-13 rating if it's going to scare the shit out of a 8-year-old. <laughs> yeah, apparently you need to be 13 to see a movie that scares... You'll shit your pants if you're 12. <laughs> yeah. But that is my bad pick. The others, Nicole Kidman. My bad pick, another PG-13 movie. Uh, unfortunately, a few years back, I paid to see this in the theater. The Haunting, uh, starring Liam Neeson and Catherine Zeta-Jones, who wasn't bad to look at. But, I mean, this movie is just its just terrible. Uh, I, I think that the it's a remake of another movie. I don't know if the original is called The Haunting, Jeff. Do you know? Terrible movie. Okay. You the original? The original I haven't seen. All I know is the new one. Oh, yeah. Haunting. Yeah, it's, it's, terrible movie. it's terrible. It's slow. I mean, you figure, oh, Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson's also in it. He's it one seems of like almost like a Disney movie. Decent parts of the movie. Yeah, it does. How the, cheesy it is. The ending is just god-awful. Uh, the movie leading up to the ending, just terrible. Just don't watch it. Yeah, don't, don't watch, watch it. I agree with Phil. But if it comes down to a choice between the... Uh, the Haunting and my pick for Ugly, watch The Haunting. Watch The Haunting over and over and over again. That and makes me curious, Phil. What that, is your pick for the ugliest the ugly, movie you've ever seen? The, now, now this was not a hard decision for me. Uh, it's the worst horror movie ever made. Uh, it's called The Grudge. The uh, Grudge. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is in it. She's terrible in it. Uh, pretty much it's... Uh, Complete ripoff of The Ring. Maybe the biggest ripoff of another movie ever made. How this movie was successful, made over $100 million in the theater. I have no idea why. I, I don't know anyone that liked the movie. Uh, but there's, movie. Worse, there's worse news. There, that I agree with Phil. That is a terrible movie. A waste of time. Waste of money. Waste of space. Waste of oxygen. And then the worst news that I have for you. The Grudge 2. Set to be released this Halloween. You're kidding me, Phil. I'm, I wish I was. How do you make a sequel to that crap? I don't know. I mean, when a movie makes $100 million, no matter how shitty it is, you know there's a sequel coming. And there's got to be somebody out there that agrees with us. Theinfestedsound at gmail.com. Tell yeah. us if you agree with us. Hopefully we're not the only morons that think that The Grudge was a terrible movie. <laughs> yeah, call in. Let us know how much you hated The Grudge. And terrible. we'll read your email on the line. Because I like piling on movies that I hate, and The Grudge is one of the ones I hate the most. The Grudge is horrible. Along with Crash, that just won Best Picture. Fucking terrible. But yes, Phil, that is another show for another day. Okay. Okay. Now let's get to my pick for the ugliest horror movie ever made. This one's pretty self-explanatory. It's hard for me to do this. You know how much it sucks just from hearing the title. The title, but before I get started on the title... I like to have a moment of silence for the main character in this movie. The late lamented Don Knotts. Don Knotts. Moment of silence. All right. I'm glad that's over with. Excuse me, Don. The Ghost in Mr. Chicken is my ugliest horror movie of all time. 
I don't even know if that's classified as a horror movie, but it's a freaking horrible movie. My mom watches it all the time and tells me it's a good movie. Therefore, I know it's a horrible movie. In fact, I've had to sit through this movie a couple times. I myself have not had the displeasure of seeing this movie. Bill, just stay up real late one night, tune in to Nick at Night or <laughs> the Disney Channel, and you'll catch this piece of crap movie that goes to Mr. Chicken. I'm not sure if it's really classified as a horror movie, but... It's not a good movie. Stay away from it. Don Knotts is a jackass. And it's just about a haunted house. He has to stay the night in to do a story for the newspaper, to take pictures. And while he's staying there, this creepy stuff happens. The doors open and close, and the mansion is haunted by the man that used to own it. And it's really cheesy and stupid. It's a Disney-esque movie that just makes you go, bah. Now, if you had a choice, I know you didn't want to pick the same ugly as me and that's a great choice from the sound of it but if you had to watch the grudge or the ghost of mr chicken which one would you choose the ghost of mr chicken i don't blame you just because don Knotts is a jackass it makes me <laughs> laugh all right so that rounds out our first ever segment the good the bad and the ugly the good the bad the ugly the infested sounds the good the bad and the ugly All right, and on our next segment, we're going to do something else that's new. The show's full of new things. We've got a new segment we're going to do. It's called Four Minutes with Phil. It gives Phil a chance to bitch and complain about a movie he hates or a movie he likes, but more than likely it's going to be a movie he hates. We're going to start things off with a movie I hate. We're going to start things off with a movie he hates. So, introducing our next and newest segment, Four Minutes with Phil. Fuck this movie. I hated this movie. Do not watch this fucking movie. Four minutes with Phil! The Fun House, directed by Tobe Hooper director of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. He really lets us down with this one. You get your hopes up after you see a movie that's so good, like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Then he comes through with this piece of shit. Okay, so this movie starts off, you got these four teenagers. They're looking to do something wild. They go to this carnival. They're real crazy, so they decide they're going to spend the night in the fun house. So the real mayhem gets started. They... They're in their fun house. There's something going on downstairs. They start looking through the cracks. They see this guy in a Frankenstein mask. He's paying the fortune teller for sex. He shoots his load before she even lays her hand on him. So naturally, he breaks her neck. Soon after, the the teens are discovered by the Frankenstein mask guy and his daddy. And they're chased all throughout the carnival. Uh, We soon find out later that he's wearing the Frankenstein mask. Because he's some ridiculous-looking alien or circus freak show or something. It was fucking terrible. Uh, He kills a couple of them. They kill them. The end. 96 minutes you'll never get back. Wow, Phil. That was scary. Have you been going to your anger management classes lately? Yeah, I know it's called Four Minutes with uh, Phil, but I just I wasn't going to waste anybody else's minutes off their life with that movie, which <laughs> well, was recommended goodness. to me by 
Jeff here. <laughs> I'd like to add a few comments to Phil's angry rant there, but the movie is not that bad. It's hard to hold on to at first. Phil, agree with me. The first 30 seconds a minute of the movie, you see a hot chick's tits. Yeah, <laughs> that was... It was all downhill from there. <laughs> from there, it get, it's slow for a little while, but it's a good movie. It's funny to see a freaky-looking dude blow his load on early on some fortune teller in the circus. I think it's an overall good movie for just its creepiness. It's not very gory or anything. I just thought it was a decent movie. I picked up for real cheap. A decent movie. You got ripped off. I did, I did not get ripped off, Phil. But that was Phil's segment four minutes with phil we're gonna start doing that on each episode phil's gonna be pissed off which isn't out of the norm phil's good at being pissed off about things there's not gonna be a lack of horror movies with which to piss me off he's very angry at several horror movies but i guess that's going to wrap up our show today and we want to just remind you guys we have a website www.theinfestedsound.com we need emails guys please email the show theinfestedsound at gmail.com and we'll give you a little preview of next episode our next episode we're shooting for next Thursday night we're going to do the next episode and next Thursday night is St. Patrick's Day Eve and since both Phil and I are Irish I'm assuming we'll both be drinking if not liquored up and it should be a good show there should be plenty of good topics in fact I believe the topic of the night is going to be the St. Patrick's Day special Leprechaun series movies. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't think of a whole lot of other movies, horror movies, or any movies that really fit into the St. Patrick's Day theme. The Leprechaun, Leprechaun movie which, series. But I'll be looking. I'll be looking to find something else we'll that we can talk about. And if you guys know of any other St. Patrick's Day theme horror movies we can talk about on the show, we can check out before the next episode, make sure you let us know. Theinfestedsound at gmail.com. Phil and I want to thank all of our listeners out there, all of our subscribers. We have actually have quite a few of you out there. I'm not sure why, but we appreciate you guys subscribing to the show, listening to what we have to say. We also want to give a thanks to Dan Kogan for doing our artwork, helping us out with our new theme song at the beginning, our new intro. Uh, the other music you've been hearing is a band called Elevator Division. Check out their stuff at elevatordivision.com. And a very special thank you I would like to give to Trader Vic. Trader Vic. For... Helping to ruin our original episode three. He did more than help. He partly, I would say, 95% aided in the the uh, the final cut of that show. I understand the echo was a problem. But if you do ever get the chance to listen to that show... And we know there are a couple of you that have. There are a few of you that have. We apologize for that piece of crap that came out. We apologize for maybe racist remarks that were said about Native Americans and Indian burial grounds. There was no intention. That was Trader Vic speaking. It wasn't us. <laughs> Trader Vic does not speak for the infested sound. Correct. We are a politically correct show here. Trader Vic is an asshole. He. www.tradervix.com. Trader Vic's. I'm not even sure if that's the website, but you can give it a go. Is that the website? Oh, though? it's the website. That's the website. But first, go to our website, www.theinfestedsound.com. We have some infested sound gear. We have the infested sound t shirt up. Get a hold of the t-shirt, wear it around, be a cool guy. We'll be back next week with a brand new St. Patrick's Day sponsor. Definitely. And you got to tune in just to find out what our St. Patrick's Day sponsor will be because we will be drinking it during the show. So hopefully the show doesn't turn into a blubbering mess. So any last words, Phil, before we sign off today? No. <laughs> no last words from Phil. Phil looks still looks pissed off from his last segment. 
But we're going to end the show on a good note. We want to thank everybody again for making the show what it is. We apologize episode three took a little longer to get out, but we're going to keep on our routine, try and get episodes out every Thursday, Friday, once a week. So keep checking back, check out the episode, make sure you subscribe, email us, theinfestedsound at gmail.com, and we'll talk to you all next week. We out. Peace. This is The Infested Sound. Want to get heard on the show? Oh, God, yeah! Cut us an email. Theinfestedsound at gmail.com have been listening to episode three of the infested sound it is march 11th 2006 make sure you check back next week for episode four